things today that might not be that easy to hear. It's not that great to talk about, to think I'm going to be a speaker and come up here and talk about this. I'm like, whoa, this is something I need to work on. This is not something that I'm sharing with you because I've overcome it and I'm in the ministry. So obviously I'm not greedy. I'm in the ministry. I'm up here presenting on the stage. I'm not greedy. You know, I'm, I'm a generous person, you know, and I'm not up here because of that, you guys, because there's stuff in my heart that I need to change as well. This is about greed. Five sticky fingers is the name of our lesson today. And uh, my, my keynote's not changing. It's really interesting. There we go. Did someone press that or did I do that? All right, there we go. I got the control. I got it. All right. I'm not a greedy person. I'm not a greedy person. You know, greed is much different than the other topics that we've talked about in this lesson series. In this lesson series that we've gone through, we've gone through anger. We've gone through guilt and envy. And those are things that, you know, when you get angry and you slam your fist on the desk and you throw your keys down, or if you haul off and punch someone in the face because you got upset, it's pretty obvious that you got angry, right? You know, with greed, it's something that's deeper in our hearts. It's harder to see. I don't wake up in the morning and look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, man, you're just so greedy today. Yeah, I just see it in your eyes, Chris. You you look so greedy. But the people around us see it. They notice it. They feel it. But I don't wake up. It's such a deceptive monster that's inside of our hearts is this topic of greed. And when we talk about it here today, it's not simple. It's not delicate. But we're going to have to get into it and try to expose it because greed can be camouflaged. Greed can be camouflaged as a virtue. It can be camouflaged as a virtue, as if, you know what? I'm not greedy. I'm just wise. I need to be wise, bro. I can't be given, you know, because, you know, I have good stewardship over my finances. I'm a good steward. I want to be a good steward of what God has given me. And so I'm not greedy. I'm just careful with my stuff. I don't want anyone to borrow my stuff. I don't lend my stuff out. I don't want you touching my stuff. Get away from my car. I don't even want you riding in my car. Okay? Did you see that? You got some dirt on my floor. Came out of your pants. I saw it. You know, it's like, you know, you get in a car with someone who, who, who's, who is like that, and you're like afraid to move. You're like, dude, we just went to the beach. There's a little bit of sand on my shoes. I'm sorry. You know? You took this into consideration when we decided we were going to the beach, right? That I was going to get in your car afterwards. My shoes might be dirty. You know? So grief can camouflage itself as a virtue, and we don't think of ourselves as a Scrooge, an Ebenezer Scrooge. You guys are all in the Christmas spirit, I hope. You know, you guys are going to be reading the Christmas carol, you know, and, the, and this like infamous character that becomes synonymous with being selfish is this uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. You know, don't be a Scrooge this holiday season. You know, this guy, he has employees, he doesn't treat them well. He has bags of money, but he only lights one lamp. And he's very serious about not lighting too many lamps because he doesn't want to waste any money. We don't think of ourselves as that like we got just money bags sitting around. You know, and if you're visiting here today, I want to again iterate that, you know, this is not something that I normally come up here and talk about. Greed. This is something that in the preparation, it was very difficult for me to consider and to talk about these scriptures and to look over them because I was convicted in my heart. So, um, Kevin, you know, this is this is not normal. OK, this is Kevin's first time here on a Sunday. We don't just talk about money. This is not normal. But this is a situation of the heart, Kevin, that we need to change. OK, so in your heart, Kevin, you know, this is going to be something that I want you to practice. I'm going to give you some really practical principles here. Hopefully when we leave here, Kevin, 
we're going to have something that you can really dig out of your heart and use this as a practice for the rest of your life. Okay, bro? Okay, you with me? All right. So it's great to have you here today that this is a heart issue that we're dealing with today. I'm not talking about a financial situation. This is not a situation that the church just wants your money. And we're going to talk about it today so that you give money. Guess what? This is a very relevant subject given that we're around the holiday time. I mean, how many of you guys stress about money about this time of year? You know, yeah, a lot of us, we got that on our hearts. That's in there. You know, we got some, some strain because of money right now coming up on the holidays. We start, a lot of money starts moving out, starts moving around. And this is a, not a financial situation. Whether you're a person of means in here today and you have a lot and you, you, you've been a great saver and, and you have a, 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 a good business going or you're a college student and you have very little money to no money. All the money you have is given to you by your parents or by scholarship or whatever. This is not a financial issue that I'm talking about today. What we're talking about is a heart issue. So if you have Bible, you guys can open up Luke 12. Luke 12, we're going to be based in Matthew chapter 6, but we're going to look at this verse in Luke 12, and I'm going to hit you in another verse in Luke 12 in a little bit. But uh, let's go ahead and say a prayer before we get into the scripture. God, thank you for this time together today. Please help us to expose our hearts to find out what's in our hearts, to get it out of there. Father, we know that you want us to worship you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, that you don't want just the words of our lips, but you want our hearts behind it. Father, I pray that my heart can be behind this, God, that you can help me to dig greed out of my heart. Father, help me to become a generous man. Thank you for this time that we have to talk about this today. Help me to communicate clearly to help everyone here to to break the power of greed through the power of generosity. Amen. In Luke 12 and verse 15, it says, Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of? All kinds of? Greed. Greed. Hey, guys, this is a command. It says here, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. There are multiple kinds of greed. Apparently, according to the scripture, there are multiple types of greed. We're gonna, I might be able to address a few here today, or at least one, you know, address a type of greed in our lives. But the fact is, the Bible teaches us that we need to be careful. We need to address this topic. We need to dig that topic out. And this, these are scriptures that are easy to overlook. And easy, like, a lot of us have read this scripture. Come on. You know, a lot of us know these scriptures. I had scriptures, you know, on my surfboard when I was a young Christian. And I wrote uh, these types of scriptures on my board, you know, trying to, to make sure that I didn't, like, put too much value in my surfboard, that I remembered that my treasure was in heaven, okay? But the thing is here that this is really clear in the scriptures that we need to be careful. It's a command. How many times do you wake up in the morning and say, I need to be careful today that I'm not too greedy? This is not something that we tend to focus on, guys, okay? I, I, Maybe I'm making an assumption for all of you, and some of you are really like that. I'm not like that. Okay? That's not my tendency. And being able to have the experience of living in El Salvador, I saw people with really genuine need. Really big needs in their life. You realize, you know, you start to understand why people do the things that they do. You know, sometimes people steal from you. And you have to go, hey, that person stole from me. And you start feeling something in your heart. You're like, you know what? They have a lot bigger needs than I have. You know, I forgive them. I need to forgive them even if they didn't have that, but wow. You know what? That person has huge needs. If they stole $500 or a camera or a car or a pair of sunglasses or whatever, you know what? That's just stuff. That person has really genuine needs. I saw some great need when I was in El Salvador. It made me realize how I had never been in need in my life. 
I had never been in, in real need in my life. I've always had health insurance. I've always had education. I've always had everything that I need. God has given me everything I need. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Your life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And again, I feel like many of us know this scripture, but I'm going to give you a practical principle at the end of today. Hopefully you're going to be able to utilize and hopefully recognize some greed that's in your own life. So if aliens were to come and observe the way that we interact here today, because we live in a great part of the world and we have resources available to us and we go up and down the freeways and uh, if aliens were to observe us going up and down these huge highways and then going into these big buildings and we exchange currency and take out um, possessions, we start gathering more and more possessions, the aliens would come to the assumption that obviously, in order to sustain their life, they need to do this. This is necessary for this, this planet, or at least this culture, for us to survive, that we need to do this in order to survive. Because we just do it, we have clothes in our closet, but we go out and buy more. We're driving a car, but we upgrade to the next one. We have homes, but we buy another one in a nicer neighborhood. You know, these are, these are examples of these aliens would watch us and say, they live to consume possessions. They would say, they live as if the acquisition of stuff is equal to life. It's the same as living as if, just like the acquisition of stuff is equal to life. But we know that's not true, right? Because of the scripture we just saw. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. That that doesn't equal who a man is by what he has. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, maybe I'll tell you more about this later in the, in the lesson, but I was able to give away so much of my stuff in El Salvador, and you think all this stuff's really important, but when you get rid of it and you send it outside your kingdom into someone else's kingdom, into someone else's control, when you get it out of your possession into someone else's possession, it helps you so much. I don't worry about that stuff. My heart's not even set on that stuff. When I, was, when I left El Salvador and BB and I came here with our girls, we got here about three months ago. And when we did that, we came with literally like a few bags. And I went down there with stuff, like stuff that I had been hoarding, tools, all kinds of stuff. And I went down there and I, I left with nothing. So it was awesome. But the acquisition of stuff does not equal life. I don't have the cash. You know, the way that we function day to day and the way that we spend money we don't spend money the same way that we give money. It's interesting the way that our mentality and the way that we make our decisions according to how to spend the money is much different than the way we choose to give money and the way that we make decisions in order to give money. You know, we walk around with $3,000 of debt maybe, $5,000 of debt, some of us more, 10000 and someone comes up and, or there's a at church or an organization that, that's promoting something and they say, hey, can you give $300? And you're like, whoa, $300? Man, it's like an Xbox. It's like a surfboard. Why don't I just give you my surfboard? You know, I'm not going to have a surfboard once I give it to you. And we're like, no, I'll write you, I'll write you a $25 check. I'll write you a $15 check or $100 check maybe. Maybe someone asks us for $300. we are like, I'll write you a $100 check. I'll go in on that. But we, they come up and ask us, hey, can you help me out? We say, I don't have the, che- the cash. Let me check my checking account to see if I have any money available to me. We say, no, I don't have the cash to do that. But we don't make our decisions to buy things that way. We're like, I want to go somewhere. Swipe the credit card, get in the car, and drive. Okay? You're like, 
So what is it, like $4 a gallon or something like that? We're like, hey, I want to go to San Diego. We just swipe it, you know, rack up the debt a little bit more. We don't say, I don't have the cash. When we consider refinancing our home loan or or upgrading to the next newest, better thing that's coming out, we say, I got to have it. I got to get it. And we get creative about finding ways to turn in our old car and get a new one. We research the product. You know, for me, I'm a researcher. I love to research stuff. And I could spend hours and hours finding ways that I'm going to buy this new thing. And it might be a car. It might be a bike. But you know what? I'll, I'll get really creative in finding the money and finding the way that I can buy it. But then when someone asks me to give, I say, I don't have the cash. So this is where I'm super convicted. I'm super convicted because I get creative about finding ways to do what I want to do to support my lifestyle, to put my kids in the right school that I want to put them in. I mean, we did this even in El Salvador when I was not, I was not in the ministry. I was not working for the church. We were creative about our funds in order to get our kids in the school we wanted them in. We're creative about that, about supporting the lifestyle that we want. We get really creative. We do lots of research. But then when someone asks us to give, I don't have the cash. I want to lift up the, the brothers in the campus ministry because we all got mustaches on right now. If you guys notice the stash with the bars, maybe you didn't notice it. First time in my life I've ever grown one. This is called stash for the poor. Or stash-o-rama is actually what we call it. I'm sorry. Stash-o-rama. We're growing our mustaches out and we're giving money to the poor. We're, we're making money while we're sleeping just by growing our mustache. Isn't that amazing? Our goal is to give $1,500 from the campus ministry to Hope Worldwide. That's our goal. We're going to be collecting that up on Tuesday. So I want to tell you guys, that's our goal. You can follow up with us if we meet that goal or not. But you'll see a lot of brothers rocking the, the creeper stashes. And uh, the reason they have them on is because we're trying to raise money for the poor because of November. We were kind of riding the wave there and going along with that. So we can get creative about finding ways to help people out. You know, when we say, I don't have the cash, I can't help, what's that called? That's called greed. That's called greed. I can't, I don't have the cash. Well, that never stopped you from upgrading your lifestyle. That didn't stop you from getting that new thing. Great, Chris. I'm glad I came to church to hear this today. Thank you. Very appropriate. Very appropriate time of the year to be talking about this. When all of us are going into stores these days, all of us are buying stuff. I just went Black Friday shopping. Anyone else here go Black Friday shopping? All right, I didn't go at like 5 a.m. I went like 3 p.m. in the afternoon, middle of the afternoon. But, you know, this is like, hey, Chris, that's really helpful during this time of year. Thank you. You just condemned our whole culture. I really appreciate that. Thank you. But listen, the acquisition of stuff does not equal life. The acquisition of stuff does not equal life. This is a heart condition. It's not a financial condition. This is not for the church. This is not so that you're going to give money to the church today and and I'm going to finish this and say, let's pass those plates again. We're not doing that today. Listen, the idea is that we're going to change and get those monsters out of our heart. Okay. It's our culture is constantly pointing us and indicating to us the reminding of us what we do not have. You don't have this. You don't have that. And guess what? There's going to be a new marketing scheme in three indicating another iPad coming out. Okay, and there's going to be another iPad that's going to be faster, better, thinner, more amazing. I know it because I see deficiencies, and I'm like, you know what, that's a deficiency, and they're going to improve it next cycle. I know it. So listen, our culture is constantly reminding us of what we do not have. So what? You might stand here, so what? What's the big deal? We're, we're, you know what? If you don't change this, you are going to hurt people in your lives. 
There are people getting divorced over green paper. There's green paper that gets in between relationships and it causes people to ruin their lives and their children's lives. That's so what? I need to change this. I need to change this. I, we, we together, we need to change this. Are you guys, do you guys see that there's a need for you to work on this? Because our culture is pushing us to be more and more greedy, to be hoarders, to be storers. But listen, this is a heart issue. We need to get out of our house. This is not a financial issue. This is a heart issue. We want to change it. We want to change our attitudes that we have towards spending and giving. We don't want to spend frivolously and we want to give generously. Okay. Well, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for people. I have compassion. I'm not a greedy person. I have compassion in my heart. I wish there was just something that I could do. I wish there was something I could do. And I could say, well, okay, well, let's do this. Listen, here's the answer. Here's the answer. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's pray a prayer. This is the magic bullet. This is going to solve all your problems. You know, we just say a prayer. We're all going to stand up and say, oh, Lord, please help us to be more generous. To be more generous. And God, please help us to give to those who are in need. And help us give to those who are in need. Amen. Amen. Ah, we're all going to be more generous people. And you guys would all cheer. Let's be more generous people. Yeah, let's be more generous people. But listen, here's the thing. It's not going to happen with a magic prayer. There's not a magic prayer. We're going to pray, close our eyes and pray, and our hearts are going to change. That's not the way it works. You can close your eyes and pray. God, please help me to be a more generous person. And I pray that. I do pray that. And God says to me, write the check. No, 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 no. God. God, I said, help me to feel more generous. Help me to have compassion on people. Want to meet other people's needs. God, it's so hard. God says, write the check, dude. And I'm like, what? Write the check. Listen, Jesus gives us some really practical solutions. We're going to look into the scriptures a little bit further here, and it's amazing. But it's going to take hard things. You've got to do hard things. If you want to lose weight, you want to lose weight, you go into the doctor, you're like, I want to get in shape. I want to, I want to do it. I want to get back to college weight. I want to get back to peak performance level. You've you got to do hard things to get there, guys. So if you've ever been in that position, you've had to make some adjustments to your lifestyle and the way you eat, self-discipline. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I like eating ice cream. And I eat ice cream with pralines, and I add some Oreos and some chocolate syrup, and I put banana, and I, I, I do that with like a, a quarter gallon of ice cream, okay? But listen, my wife, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take her out of this, actually. If I want to get in shape, if I want to be in shape, I have to be self-controlled in what I eat. I have to be self-controlled in my portions, and I could talk a lot about health and nutrition, but I'm not going to go on that right now. But the thing is, I have to do hard things in order to get in shape. We've got to do hard things to get our hearts in the right place. Look at Matthew chapter 6. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to talk about some practicals and principles here that are going to help us. Jesus says in verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Okay. So we can't have a savings account, a checking account? This is like Chris is saying, go liquidate your accounts. Everyone liquidate everything, give to the poor and live on the street. That's not what Jesus is saying. 
That, that is not wise, and that is definitely, there's other places in the Bible that really encourage us to be good stewards, and there's a lot of people who have money in the Bible that we see that we're following Jesus. So, listen, it's not just about giving up, liquidating. We can have money, but it's about hoarding. It's about being a professional hoarder. Okay? I come from a long line of professional hoarders. Okay? I'm from South Orange County. Um, my dad was excellent at storing and keeping stuff. We would routinely and ritually have to pull everything out of the garage and put it out and then put it back in and try to reorganize it so it all fits. I have never been able to park a car in the garage in my life, in my dad's house, in my mom's house. We didn't park cars in the garage because the stuff was wall-to-wall, up to the ceiling, and when we pull that stuff out to organize it, guess what? People come by and go, are you having a garage sale? Is there a garage sale going on? No, no garage sale. We're just cleaning. We're just organizing. Multiple people. Not just one, you go inside for a minute, you come out and there's people walking through your stuff. <laughs> and I don't live on a busy street in Laverne like Kevin Mead. It's like the most amazing place to sell things. I live like on a street that like 25 people drive up and down in a day. And there would be people like walking through my stuff because my dad was a professional hoarder. And then it would overflow into the side yard. And it would be in the side yard and you got stuff out there. And then, and then finally winter comes because it only rains 20 days a year a year here, and the day that it starts raining, we're over there throwing tarps over our junk. You know what I mean? You don't even know what's in it, but throw a tarp over it. You know, you open stuff up, and it's like, you know, after the rain, and it's got like just this film in it, and you're taking buckets and like dumping it and all the stuff in it, and you're like, what is this, Dad? He's like, that's important. We could use that someday. <laughs> don't throw that away. Don't throw that away. No, put it back in the box. Put it back in the box. I'm like trying to throw it away. So listen, so it's about hoarding. You got stuff in your attic, in the back of your closet, in the, in the top shelf of your garage. You don't even know what's in that box. You don't even know what's in there. That's called hoarding. That's called hoarding. That's called storing up for yourselves here on earth. That's what you're doing. What's God call that? That's greed. We got stuff we don't need. We don't need it. It, no, no, but my kids, when they graduate college, they could use that for something, maybe. Yeah, right. It's not going to make it. Yeah, listen. But he says, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and thieves do not break and steal. So Jesus says, don't do this, but do this. And this is Jesus' code word for give stuff away. Store it for yourselves treasures in heaven. This means give stuff away. This is Jesus' code word. And you might be like, wait, 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 wait. Chris, you're departing from the scripture a little bit there. That's just like, you kind of like added that in there. But listen, look over in Luke. If you guys have your Bibles and you're, and you're following along in your Bibles, look in Luke. We're just going to look at this really quickly because this is a very similar story where Jesus in Luke 12:33, he says here, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Okay? That's what Jesus wants us to do. Are you guys pretty clear about that command? Okay. Right there, we could just stop. Okay, we're not practicing that. We, we just need to do that. We need, we need to start doing that more. But listen, here's the point here. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. She says, give, liquidate your stuff and give to the poor so that they're going to be warm and well fed. So that you end world hunger. So that you... No, he doesn't say that. He says, do it so that you store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Give stuff away so that you store up for yourself something that's not in this lifetime. That's the reason why we're doing it. That's the reason why. We're doing it to end the need, to meet the need, to help the person. Yes. But Jesus says, do it 
because it's going to be good for your soul. It's going to be good for your heart for you to do that. This is a powerful principle, and it just makes me love the Bible so much that I look at it and I'm like, the Bible is amazing. I've been a Christian 12 years, and I know these scriptures. I, I wrote these scriptures on my surfboard with my own hand in indelible marker, and now I'm reading these 12 years later and going, this is incredible what I see in the scripture here, how there is monsters that I need to get out of my heart. So let's flip back over to Matt right there. Get back over to Matt 6. In Matt 6, it says in verse 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So it just on the initial reading, when you look at that, you're like, okay, so, so it's an indicator of where my heart is. So in order for me to figure out where is it that my heart is today, where is it that my heart has been, we have this indicator, a dashboard light. We have a monitor that we can look at. That monitor is, where is our treasure? Look at your money. Look at your money to find out where is your heart. So get out your, your phone, your iPhone, look for the app, open it up, look at your spending. Maybe you do it on the, web, on the websites, or if you guys still do like mailing, like real mail, like paper mail, open the letter, unfold it, look at like the printout of what you guys have been spending. Look at it. Where are you spending your money? How do you spend your money? Because that indicates where our heart's at. But it, it's more than that. It's more than an indicator. And this is the amazing part, is we're going to use that indicator to help push our heart in the right direction. So if, if you guys have checked out at this point, teens, if you've kind of like lost interest because you don't have any money, and you just, you know, like whatever. Listen, listen. I just want you to pay attention for three minutes, okay? Three minutes. Just give me three minutes right now. We're going to catch your attention. I'm going to give you the principle. This is the solution that you need to practice for the rest of your life. Kevin, Kevin, you with me still? Okay? Just stay on board with me here for a minute. If any of you in the back, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm like just washed out. You, you're not even really looking at me. You know, you're just looking at this stuff that's back here. Listen, just focus on me for a second. I have a really important principle that I want to share with you because the concept is this. We're in a series called It Came From Within. We're talking about greed in our lives. And here's the principle that generosity breaks greed. Generosity breaks greed. This is the principle. You can write it down. You can, you can text it to someone. You can, you know, tweet it, you know, put it on your Facebook. Generosity breaks greed. This is going to help you if you practice this. So if you're a greedy person in here today, or if you struggle with hoarding and storing, or, or you, you, there's, there's been situations that, that the stuff you have has kind of separated you or, or alienated you from people who you love because they feel like they're in competition with the things that you have. If you feel like you've fallen into those categories of greed, listen, generosity breaks the power that greed has over the human heart. But not just generosity, but systematic generosity. Systematic, strategic generosity. That you do it with strategy and you do it consistently, that you're doing it for a reason, and the reason is that it directs your heart. It directs where your heart is going we can utilize our treasure to direct where our heart is. Over time, by giving, we can direct where our heart is and soften our heart and become less greedy people by consistently, systematically, strategically being generous. So listen, good eye, bad eye. Good eye, bad eye. So Jesus goes on here in the scripture, okay, in Matthew chapter 6 that we've been looking through 
Matthew chapter 6, he goes on from talking about where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then he goes on and talks about the eye. And here it says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Okay. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light in you is darkness, how great is this darkness? Well, that just cleared that right up, Jesus. Thank you. Um, okay, I'm going to do that. Do what? What are you, you going to do? I mean, I, what does that have to do with anything with generosity? With What does that have to do? You know, clearly there's something that I've missed here. But here he says, the eye... The eye is the lamp of the body. And if it's good, when it uses that term good, that term good is only two times in the whole Bible. In the New Testament specifically, that that word is only used twice. And when it's used, it's used to say it fulfills its position of office or it fulfills well its position. Okay, so when your eye fulfills its position well or outside of biblical literature, it's actually translated generous. It's actually translated generous. So if your eyes are generous, your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eyes are bad, or if your eyes are envious, if your eyes are envious, then your whole body will be filled with darkness. You know, my kids, like, when when they're walking, you know, and and my kids, I'm I'm learning to be a parent. My kids are four, and um, I have two girls that are four years old, and I love them. They're awesome. I, as a parent, am learning how to be a better parent. And um, my kids, when they're walking, you know, and I'm like, okay, go upstairs. And they're walking into the kitchen. I grab their head and I turn it towards the stairs, you know. And they're walking this way and they're like, okay, puppy. And they're, they're, you know, you grab their head, point them in the direction they want to go. Your eyes lead you where you want to go. You don't walk around, you know, you don't walk around like this or, you know, like this. You know, I'm not, when we walk, we look where we're going. If we have generous eyes, if we set our hearts on being generous, our whole body is going to be filled with light. I don't know how many super overly generous people you know, but I don't think you're going to meet super generous people who are unhappy. And you don't meet greedy people and think of Ebenezer Scrooge and say, this super selfish, ultra selfish person is going to be happy. Okay? Generous people are happy. Greedy people are unhappy. Which one do you want to be? Okay, so are your eyes good or do you have bad eyes? The idea here is we're going to use our treasures to send them outside of our kingdom. We're going to send our possessions. We're going to creative look for, for ways to send money or to send assets. To think, the things we have, send them outside of our kingdom creatively, strategically, and systematically so that we don't have control over that money anymore. You know, I don't worry about money that's not under my control. I worry about the money that's in my possession and under my control. Relocating our assets. So we want to help over time. We've got to do hard things to get our hearts in shape. We've got to do hard things to cut this greed out of our lives, which I've recognized in my life. And I hope that you recognize it in your life by what I'm communicating to you right now. But listen, if you want to get it out of your life, we need to relocate our assets by consistently giving, consistently sending money outside of our kingdom. Okay, so are you frustrated yet? Are you guys frustrated in here? I know when I hear this, I'm like, oh, dude, what? All right, I surrender. I'm greedy. That's what's up. Okay, I'm a greedy person. Right, got it. 
But that's why we overlook these scriptures because they're really, it's pretty pinpointed clear that we need to focus on not being greedy people. We need to get it out of our lives. But we seem to overlook it and not think about it or talk about it. We don't wake up and say, I'm feeling especially greedy today. I think I want to talk to someone about it. We don't even talk about it. Yeah, so we can feel frustrated because we're fearful also. We're fearful of how these things will land in our life. We're afraid of... Well, if I really practice that, am I going to be liquidating my assets and living on the streets? And, and, and you know, am I, can I save for my kids? I wanted to go to Mammoth this winter and take a trip and, you know, get some pow. But, like, now I'm like, I'm not going to Mammoth after this lesson. But listen, let's, let, let's look at this principle here. Three P's to the G. Okay. P-P-P-G. Percentage, priority, Giving. You may, may have noticed I left the P off there. Okay? I'm going to let you know what that is in a second. But percentage priority giving. That means every time I get a dollar into my kingdom, I take a dime out and I give that dime to God. Or, you know what? For those of you who are like, eh, there it is. That preacher's trying to get money for the church again. Okay, listen. Give it to something. If you don't trust me, you don't trust our church, you don't trust our... Fine. Give it somewhere. Give it somewhere. You want to cut greed out of your heart? Start giving. Take the dime out, set it aside, and you do it first. It takes a first priority. Okay, it takes a high priority. Percentage priority giving. And this is something that I started practicing when I studied the Bible for the first time. But you know what the interesting thing is? I haven't really progressed that much. I haven't progressed. This is progressive percentage priority giving. That you may have started at 10%, but as your, your lifestyle notches up, as your financial income notches up, you seem to just want to continue to get, give the same 10% because you're like, that's a big amount of money now. That's a lot of money. That's more than I started at. But you have all your needs met. You have everything you need. But in order to have the couch that I want to sit on, the car I want to drive, the physique that I want to have, that takes money and time. You know. And so we might have to notch down our lifestyle in order to get greed out of our lives. So the first thing we do is we, we cut out a percentage and we decide that we're going to give this away, but it's going to be progressive. So right now I have my needs better taken care of than ever before since I've been a Christian. Right now, I, I work for the church full-time. Financially speaking, if you want to say, like, as far as, like, my lifestyle is concerned, I was living in El Salvador. When you're in El Salvador, you don't run down to the store and just start buying stuff like we do here. You just don't do that. You don't go to the store and be like, um, the iPad's coming out. Guess what? Instead of paying 500 for it, you're going to pay about 900 for it. It's a third-world country. That doesn't mean stuff costs less. You know what I mean? Like labor and land, that costs less. But besides labor and land, you know, all sorts of materials or, or um, tools, they all cost money. Resources cost money. It costs more money. And you make less money. So people don't live that lifestyle. I was not accustomed to living that lifestyle. And now I'm here and, and we have everything we need. And I bought my kids an Xbox on Black Friday. You know, if I was in El Salvador, I wouldn't be doing that right now. My lifestyle is notched up since I was in El Salvador. And my lifestyle is probably notched up since the last time I was here, I suppose. And the thing that we need to realize is we need to notch down our lifestyle in order to get greed out of our lives. And we need to be giving and practicing this. So greedy people need to write big checks. Greedy people, write the check. It's not about a magic bullet and a magic prayer. Okay? We need to write big checks. And that's my challenge to you. I'm serious. I'm serious. That's, that's kind of funny. Write big checks. But like I said in the beginning, it's like, you know, we say the prayer, God, change my heart. God says, write the check. God, please change my heart. I'm asking nicely. 
write the check, dude. Write it. Get out your checkbook. Get out your pen. Write the check. Okay? And, and this is the very reason that I'm not passing the plates after the lesson, because I didn't want to say that and then pass the plates. You know, I wanted you guys to go chew on this and think about this and not just be, uh, you know, emotionally, like, in a, in a wave, like, all right, yeah, we're going to write checks. But listen, this is going to help break the power of greed in your life by sending dollars, allocating, reallocating money, and putting it outside your kingdom. You know, I know you want to have a pure heart. I know you're here right now because you want to have a pure heart. If I asked you to say that magic prayer, you'd all stand up. We'd all say it. We'd be like, you know, husbands would be, you know, notching their wives. Say the prayer. Say the prayer, honey. You know? (laughs) Actually, my wife is much more generous than I am. I'll tell you that. I know I want to have a pure heart. I know you want to have a pure heart in this area. And for us to get there, we need to put these principles into practice. That generosity breaks greed. Generosity breaks the power of greed. You guys need to do that. And... We need to reallocate our assets in order to reallocate our heart. If we were all to practice this, practice this, what would it do to the needs that are around us that we would see? How would the people feel who are with you? How would the people feel when you interact with them? How would your family and your closest relationships? I do not want to let little green paper come in between me and any relationship. Not my brother-in-law, not my sister-in-law, not my wife, not my mom and dad, not my in-laws. Okay? I, I want to make sure that little green paper stays out of my relationships. I'm going to get it out. I'm going to put it on the ground. But this is not a financial situation. Whether you have money in here or you don't have money in here today, it's a heart condition. It's a heart condition that we need to change. It's not a financial situation. In order to relocate our hearts, we need to practice relocating our assets on a regular basis. You guys need to find a way to do it. You need to practice it systematically. So I'm really grateful to have uh, shared this with you here today. And uh, I hope that you guys got something out of this going into this holiday season. You guys are going to be the most compassionate, generous people ever. I hope you guys can be wise, but I hope that we can really cut greed and break the power of greed in our lives. So, Josh. What's up, Boyer? What's up, buddy? Good job, man. Bye. Thanks, man. Love you, bro. Boyer?